something off. Good and bad training and tactics. You combine those, you get one in a million. Paging Mayor Bendelstein. Paging Mayor Bendelstein. Hey, David Magalies, how you doing? Just making sure you're not logged in, ignoring the shear, that's all. What's doing? I love seeing your, I love seeing your, your black face right there. <laughs> How's that? I don't see you. Oh, Meyer, bedhead. You wake up with the per. Love it. Take care of the kids in the morning, dude. <laughs> What's that? I didn't hear what you said, but I agree with it. Somebody's breaking up. See what we got here. Where's Rabbi Sternberg? face off the screen. I don't want to be the only one. Mayor, you want to follow, see what's going on? See if Rebbe is doing well? I don't have his number. Ah, uh, Shalom Aleichem, Rebbe. We were just talking about you. Hi, David. How are you? Okay. David, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Okay. You were getting nervous. <laughs> I don't get too nervous. Baruch Hashem. Yeah, Hashem is on your side. Don't be nervous. Okay. 
Okay, so uh, we will, Mitzvah Hashem, will continue with the peace over here, very famous idea. He's going to continue. So we're discussing yesterday and the day before this idea of uh, tzaddikim and, and their taking control of their lives, which is absolutely crucial. But Tommy says, what's this idea over here? Sheina Kodesh Baruch Hu we mentioned yesterday that Hashem protects the tzaddikim. Hashem is looking over for the tzaddikim that the Yetzirah should not overwhelm them. He says, Hashem is aware of where the tzaddikim are going with their lives, where they're taking themselves. And in Shemaim, they recognize the intensity and the strength of these tzaddikim. Shehem gibori koach, that they have such discipline, lichposh es yitzram, to hold their drives in control. Im kain, if that be the case, he brings down, ain't sorach lahatricham. Why is it so crucial to put them to the test? Obedinhu, and really, sheyitlo schar mishalem, they should be paid up completely. What benefit is there? Kim Rus Ainab, just to see what your eyes see. Vafal P says, Shakol Gole Vatsofi Lafanov. Hashem is aware of everything. Nevertheless, this is the idea he wants to bring down. Ratsa Kodesh Baruchu, Shiedu Kol Tsvamarom. Hashem wants to that everything, all of the all of the heavenly cre- creation should be aware, Kit Sadik. Hashem v'tzadik dino. The way Hashem judges is 100% flawless. Shenosen le'ish kidrachov. Hashem pays back everyone precisely. Now, just as an aside over here, um, in other words, we're being told over that each person is being paid back precisely according to the letter of the law. There's a very famous Gemara in Brachos, which brings down, we, we say in Birkas Kohanim, it says, uh, that Hashem shows somewhat of a favoritism to the Jewish people. And the Malachim asks, by what right does Hashem show favoritism? How is he allowed to do that? Uh, because it mentions over here, Hashem has to pay each one according to what's coming to them. So he says, he explains how is, how is it possible that Hashem could show, show a certain favoritism? He says, because the Jews show favoritism. How is that the Gemara? This is Gemara in six parak in Brachos. Because Hashem tells us by the mitzvah of Birkas Amazon, it says, You'll eat. You'll be totally satiated. And then you'll say, Birkas Amazon. So the Gemara understands that the obligation to say, Birkas Amazon is only relevant as if a person is totally satiated. And for some people, that might be quite a bit. And the Gemara says that the Jewish people have accepted upon themselves that even if they eat just a kazayas of bread, which is such a small amount of bread, the Jews say birkas hamazon. So the Gemara, so that's Hashem's answer. So since the Jews go out of their way to expand the obligation of a mitzvah, they're going beyond the obligation. So that gives me, Hashem says, the ability to also show favoritism. Since the Jews go above and beyond, therefore I'm able to go above and beyond. So that's that's just an important idea, like we mentioned before. The more we go lifni mishuras adin, that allows Hashem to justify how He goes lifni mishuras adin with the Jewish people. But what's He bring down over here is that Hashem 
knows the great, the greatness of the tzaddikim, and it's all known there. But what is that? Hashem has to justify according to Midas Adin why each person is being uh, awarded accordingly, like it says in the Zohar. Elokim Nisa es Avram. Listen to this beautiful idea where it says that Hashem tested Avraham Avinu. The lo shayach gabe kudshebricha loshen nisayon. Nisayon means, as we're familiar in the English, to test. There's no such concept as a test before Hashem. Hashem knows exactly what the results are going to be. Knows if Hashem is testing someone, it, it, it's, it, it's in no way a reflection on Hashem. Hashem knows what the results are going to be. So how does the Zohar understand the word Nisayon? Very uh, nice idea. Elohu Loshen Haramas Nes. A Nes, it's the same thing with the word Nes. We translate the word Nes to mean a miracle. But if you look in Shimon Esrei, which we dive in three times a day, it says, V'son Nes L'Kabetz Gulu Yoseinu. What does it mean when we say in the Baruch and Shimon Esrei, V'son Nes L'Kabetz Gulu Yoseinu? A Nes is a banner. It's a flag. And that's what a nace is. What does a nace mean? Hashem's saying, I'm trying to catch your attention. When you wave a, when you're, you know, when somebody's waving a flag, they're trying to catch your attention. Notice me. So when Hashem performs a miracle, a nace, he's trying to give off a message. Take notice, I'm here. I'm, I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to point out something. I'm trying to catch your attention. Just like as hopefully we've been, you know, we've been shown quite a bit for the past number of months now. Hashem is trying to catch our attention and to realize, uh, how much Hashem runs the world. And we think, you know, we thought up until now that uh, everything is going a certain way and see how Hashem just shut down the entire world to get our, to get at least our attention to recognize that Hashem is the Adon HaKolin, that uh, the others who think they're the Adon HaKolin not really. But this is the idea of a Nes, and the same thing over here, the same thing for Nisayon, it's to, it's to, to, to get you to recognize, it's to make others aware of certain things. That's it's Haramas Nes. Hashem is trying to uplift this person. That's the idea. The Ramban brings down what is the idea of an Isayon. He said each person is, is, is created with certain potential. But if the potential is just left there, then it never grows into anything. So Hashem will put, put the tests in front of someone in order to bring out that potential to the reality. So that's what he's telling us over here. Well, he says, Bara Yetzahara. Hashem created the eight Sahara for the tzaddikim. Why is that? Shal yodel yivada, it will become known. Le'ene hakol, everyone will realize. Ashet sitkas Hashem also umishpatov. Now it's like Rashi quotes this in, in Brachus, so in Parshas in Parshas Vayera, uh, by the end, by, right by the Akeda. So Hashem pleads with Avram Avinu, just do this last test so I can justify why I made the commitment to the Jewish people. Why my, why I, Hashem, identify with the Jewish people for eternity? When you will pass this last test, when you do go through with the, the Nisayan of the Akeda, I'll be able to justify this in front of all of the heavenly creations. So this is the idea that he's bringing down over here, that Hashem created the Eight Sahara in order to give an opportunity for Hashem to justify how he rewards the tzaddikim. You know Gim Bizroa, and, and he Acts that way forcefully. Because Hashem gave permission to the Eight Sahara to tempt someone. It also, since it's out there, since the, the force of the Eight Sahara is out there to tempt the Tzaddikim, to show them, to show the, 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 the heavenly creations, 
how righteous and how worthy the tzaddikim are, they also tempt the rishoyim and the soyim and the foolish people over venemsha. They're going to be held accountable for what they did. But he says ostensibly, look what he says: Nimtu shelobora kodesh baruchu es ha'yetzahara. Hashem did not create the yetzahara. He didn't do it in order to trip up the Rishon. That was not the objective of the Yetzirah. Hashem is not setting people up for failure. That's not what Hashem wanted. Hashem doesn't want wickedness. Hashem is not looking to take revenge against someone. That's such a, a misconception people have. That when Hashem judges someone, it's not to get revenge against anyone. That's not the objective of Midas Hadin. It's like if someone has, Shalom, has an illness in them and they, and they have to go through surgery or whatever it is to correct something that's, that's, that's been damaged. So that's not a punishment. That's not taking revenge on someone. That's corrective. That's the idea over here. So if Hashem, Hashem judges, is meets out judgment on someone, it's in order to, to mechaper for the person. It's in order to, it's in order to correct something that was, was, was problematic. But what was the objective of the Yetzirah altogether, he says? The whole purpose of the Yetzirah was in order to give reward to the Tzadikim, that they had such self-control over themselves. And they're giving nachas to Hashem. This, he's telling us, was the whole purpose of the Yetzirah. Like we say, uh, we should serve Hashem b'chol levavchem, but both yetzers, whether yetzer tov, whether yetzer hara, it's all there in order to give us this reward. Behein emes, he says, it's true, continues. Shilafi, zeh, according to this, motza ha-chakira, mokam lanuach v'lad, there is for us to look into. Lama zeh bara ha-kadosh baracho eser ashoyim. Then what, what, what is the object, why are there ashoyim in the world? In other words, if Hashem wants that only tzaddikim should be rewarded, then why, why are they Rishoyim? And certainly for those that become so, that have damaged themselves to such an extent that there's no chelik and olam haba for them. It would have been much better for them had they not been brought into existence to begin with. Now those people who, are, who live their lives and they forfeited everything, why would Hashem bring them into the world? He's asking. Very fascinating, deep idea over here. Hashem sees. Hashem knows everything. So why did Hashem bring this person into the world? If he sees that this person in the end is going to forfeit everything, then why did Hashem bring him into the world? What's the point? Was it to take revenge? Because they angered. Because every time a person sins, we also have to recognize um, there's a very famous idea. Uh, the the, the, um, the Nefesh Chaim brings this down. That when Nebuchadnezzar, when, when Nebuchadnezzar came into and Titus came into the base of Migdash to destroy it, a voice came out of heaven and said, all you did was you ground up ground flour. In other words, you Nebuchadnezzar, you Titus, you didn't destroy the base of Migdash. What destroyed the base of Migdash were the Averas of the Jews. The Jews destroyed the the, the Jews destroyed the base of Migdash. What you did is that the Medrash brings down is you ground up ground flour. It had already been destroyed. You just ground it up already. What was ground up already? 
What the non-Jews do cannot affect anything. There's a, a, a very important idea I once heard. Um, after the flood, after the flood, Hashem makes a statement to Noah and it says that Hashem will never destroy the world again for what man does. And we look at that to a certain extent as, a, as an enormous bracha, that Hashem is not going to, what man does is no longer going to destroy the world. What this person wanted to bring out was, was a very, very deep idea also. Up until the flood, everything that man does had cosmic impact. Those when we do things, we, we have to recognize that we're not just doing a small thing over here. It's like, you know, if a person presses a button in, in a factory or whatever, that can set into motion who knows how many machines and who knows what's going on over here. When they press a button in NASA, something's happening on a spacecraft or, or by Mars or the Hubble uh, telescope. Things are happening, you know, in, uh, all tens of thousands and millions and millions of miles away just by pressing a little button on, you know, in NASA. Who knows what's going on, on, you know, on Mars or on the Hubble spacecraft up there. So we see that people's, they can press a, do a small action over here and can have cosmic effect. So in a spiritual world, that's the way it works. Up until the flood, every, every decision that a man made had enormous effect in Shemayim. That was taken away from man. Man no longer can corrupt the world to that extent anymore. Man is no longer that chashuv. In the, in the big picture, man had, was demoted. And therefore, his actions are no longer as damaging or as critical. The only ones who were remained with were the Jews. The Jews, and that's why we, we have over here, that anything that happens to the world is for the Jews. It's for the Jews to learn from. Hashem's hashgacha is on Eretz Yisrael and on the Jews specifically. And everything that goes around in the world is, is basically for the Jews. It's all, it's all revolving on us. So when the non-Jews say it's the Jews' fault, in other words, um, or better yet, let me just bring you down uh, another idea. It's, it's also a very beautiful idea. The Gemara Navoda Zora brings down that in the end of days, Hashem is going to offer a reward to all those that did mitzvahs. So the Gemara brings out a fascinating discussion over there. And it mentions that the Roman Empire is going to come up first. And they say, well, we deserve reward. We did, we did an, uh, so many good things. We, we deserve reward. So God said, well, what did you do exactly? He says, what do you mean? We built roads. We built bathhouses. We, we built commerce. We did so many things. And you know why we did it all? It was to, for the Jews so that they should learn Torah. We built roads so that Jews could go travel from Bovel to Israel that they could learn. We built all sorts of, all for the Jews to learn Torah. So the Gemara brings, this is what the Gemara says. The Gemara laughs. He says, you fools. He said, you didn't do it for the Jews. You did it for yourselves. And the Gemara goes to one nation after another pointing out that they're all coming up with understandings of why they deserve to get reward because everything they did was in order to benefit the Jews so that they should be able to learn Torah. So it's a very famous statement that the Briskarov points out. He says, if you'll notice, the Gemara is very careful with its language. It says that he calls them fools. He says, it doesn't call them liars. It calls them fools. Meaning what? He says, what, you said, what they said is 100% true, he says. When they said that the Romans built the roads, it's 100% true they built the roads so that the Jews could learn Torah. In other words, God has everything, God manipulates everything in the world, so it's all revolving around the Jews. He said, but that wasn't, what you, that wasn't why you did it. Was, you Romans, you didn't do it for that reason. Was, when they invented the airplane, it's in order to bring Jews to Israel. Or, everything that's, or anything that's being invented 
all the smartphones and everything else is all for the Jews to be able to, to learn better and to, to come closer and to do what they need to do. But that's not what motivated them. And therefore, that's why they're not going to get rewarded for it. It depends on what your kavana is. Your kavana is what makes the difference in everything. That's not what they wanted. But the truth is, is that everything that happens in the world is for the Jews. And that's what he wants. This is what he's bringing down over here. Is, should we say chas v'shalom? That if a person forfeits everything, Hashem wants to get, uh, take revenge against him because of what he did, that it made such damage in Shemayim again. Because when a, a Jew does an Aveira, it causes enormous damage in Shemayim. It's not just over here that he has impact. A Jew's actions affect all of what goes on in Shemayim. He said, that for sure can't be. He says, that's not why God did that. God would never do that. In this week's Parshas, you have what to talk about, it looks like. You know, because we look about the Maraglim and the terrible things that, that they, the, the damage that they caused the Maraglim. In the Zohar, it already asked in Parshas, uh, what's the tshuva to this? He says like this, he says, the orchoi de kotshebrichu, the sistren. He says, you should know the ways of Hashem and his hidden ways. Genizen iloyen, they are hidden upon, uh, hidden upon hidden. To sotim vagonos, it's, it's closed and it's hidden. Veles loch shelan, there is no, there's no room to ask. Ayin shom. In other words, again, he, he's, he's pointing out the idea, and as we're talking to us, who we can hopefully have an appreciation on some level for what he's telling us over here. Why did Hashem bring into the world certain people that when God, God knew that in the end they will be forfeit, they'll be forfeiting everything? So the Zohar asked the question and the Zohar answers and he said this is, pro- this is part of the hidden ideas of creation. These are from the Things that are beyond our understanding. We believe what Hashem does is 100% perfect. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's no imperfection by Hashem whatsoever. The only other thing I'll point out is there's a very famous Gemara in Gittin. The Gemara does bring down that. Um, from the greatest, uh, I, I don't, I, I think Rabbi Meir, the great Tana Rabbi Meir, is a descendant. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to say the Gemara brings down that from Sisra, Sisra, who was uh, one of the generals of the, of the Midianites, and he, he was one of the, the worst, you know, one of the enemies of the Jewish people. From one of his descendants, and from Nevuzadran, the Gemara brings down have, uh, who was the who murdered millions and millions. When we think of Hitler, Yamach Shimon, Nevuzadun is also up there. On one rock, the Gemara brings down how he crushed babies. He took babies and he killed them on one rock, the Gemara brings down. The, the numbers are just astronomical of, of, the, of, the, of the murders that this man committed. And yet the Gemara brings down that what? That uh, his children are learning Torah, his descendants are learning Torah. And I think the Gemara brings down by Rabbi Meir that Nero, that Nero, um, see, right? He, he, he also from his descendants. So we see that uh, even though the person himself might, might be from the corrupt of the corrupt, 
from their descendants, you might get something out of it, out of the descendants. So Hashem brings certain people into the world, not necessarily for themselves, but for what might come as a result from them. So we, we never know. We never know. And, you know, as he's pointing out over, these are, these are part of the secrets of, of Hashem's running of the world. It's all hidden from us. We have no idea of the calculation. But the, from Rishoyim can come very great, great people down the line. You know, even Chas Shalom, you know, even from Nazis, you have people who are converted already today and they're learning Torah. You have people like that, that their great-grandparents were, you know, from the murderers. And you know, now their descendants are part of the Jewish people. So we, we don't know where it works, right? That's the famous idea that uh, said by Moshe Rabbeinu, before he killed the Mitzri, when Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri that was hitting the Jew, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu looked throughout all the descendants to see if anything is going to come out of that Mitzri, if anything. And, and once he saw that nothing but nothing came out of the Mitzri, then he killed him. Because we, we, no, we have no idea of, of the big picture. We just see what's in front of us right now. We have, you know, we have no idea uh, how that worked, right? You know, we, we, we would have assumed that after, you know, World War, you know, if anything, Germany should have been destroyed off the map. And yet it's still around, it's still very, we, we don't know what Hashem has in store. Judgment is certainly going to be taking place. There's no question about it. Our, our, our frustration is that we think that Hashem has to work by our agenda. That's our biggest frustration. We think that, uh, you know, Hashem has to follow what we, the way we, the way we see the world, to, the way the world should run, Hashem should run the world the way we understand it. And that's what causes us our, our enormous frustration. And the, and the answer is Hashem doesn't run, run the world according to our agenda. It's because we, we have 120 years in this world and we want to see that everything's taken care of in the 120 years that we're around. And the, the, and the reality is that that's not the way Hashem runs the world. It's more than 120 years out there. And, uh, you know, we came in in the middle and we're, you know, we're not necessarily at the end either. And that's, as I said, that's our tension over here. We would like everything to be answered and done at our, you know, at our pace. And Hashem just doesn't do it that way. And that's, uh, this is where Amuna comes in and our understanding that we're just part of a long chain. We have to appreciate our role in, in that. And, uh, you know, to, to humble ourselves a little bit and to appreciate that there are a lot of things that are way beyond our, it's like Rabbi, Rabbi Miller used to quote the Pesach in Kohelis. It says that uh, Hashem is in Shemayim and man is on, is on in this world. Therefore, you shouldn't talk too much. In other words, Hashem sees things from his perspective, from Shemayim, and we see things from our perspective in this world. And therefore, you know, we think we have, we have opinions about everything. Everybody has, a, Jews are very, very opinionated people. They, they, know, they know the answers to everything, right? And they, they can solve all the world's problems. And we have to realize is that, uh, like, it says in, like it says in Kohelis, it's best not to talk too much. It's better to, you know, let Hashem, accept Hashem's, the way Hashem runs the world. I'll never forget this, um, Rabbi Tauber Zechron Levrocha. He said he would always ask his group. He was one of the, a very major uh, Kirov speaker. So I'll, I'll end up with this idea. It's a very, very fascinating idea. He said that he would always ask his group. He said, I'll get, Hashem, Hashem gives you two choices. How would you like your life to go? Do you want to call the shots? And whatever you want, you can have. Whatever you want, it's all yours. But on this condition... 
that the end result you're accountable for. Or God would say, do you want me to run the show? And I'll make sure that it works out. Which way would you want to choose? Would you choose that you call the shots, but you're accountable for the end result? Or would you want God to run the show and he'll make sure that it works out? So he says, always that, you know, people pick that, well, if God will run the show for sure, let, let God run the show. He says, well, God is running your show. So why, you, why, why do you have some, why are you complaining about that? In other words, you would want God to run your show. God's running your show over here. He's, he's calling the shots. And he's going to make sure that everything gets to where it needs to get to. So why is it that we always have problems and we always have criticism, we have critique? We're always critiquing. What are we doing that for? If God's running the show and he's going to make sure that it's going to work out, so then stop critiquing. In other words, do you want to do it your way? No, we don't want to do it, Ravi, because we never know where we're going to end up. You know, it's like giving, uh, it's like, you know, when you give these people the lottery and they win these $100 million lottery, they wind up in jail. They wound up drug addicts in some way because they don't know what to do with their money. They, they, they don't know how to handle anything. And that's our problem also. We wouldn't know how to handle anything. So Hashem is handling it. And therefore, we should be very appreciative that Hashem is doing that. And as he ends off over here, he says, you know, there are things which are above and beyond us. And we have to humble ourselves a little bit and to live, live with certain questions. That's what my Rebbe once said that, you know, he asked his father after you learn Gemara very often, you're going through a whole page and the Gemara ends in Teiku. Teiku, we don't have an answer. So he says, what is all that? He says, well, the Gemara is teaching, you have to learn to live with questions too. That's also part of life. We don't have an answer for everything. We have to learn to live with questions. And we, and we, we move on. We live with it. And that's, that's the way life goes sometimes. Okay. So, Mitz Hashem, we will uh, finish this piece of Hazrat Hashem tomorrow. Do you have any time for, for questions? Uh, yeah, we have a question for a minute, yeah. Okay. Um, was Reish Lakish a Russia? The Gemara brings down that he was a Russia. He started that he was a bandit. He was a, uh, he was a thief. It, he was a pretty bad guy, no? But he wasn't considered a Russia? He was a, he was a thief. He was a thief, yeah. He did Chuva. He did Chuva. Right? Uh -huh. Right? Right. Um, also, another quick one. Yeah. That? yeah um, right. Why uh, a person has, has a choice to, to either go to Gehenim to, to cleanse himself or to come back to this world, or that's not their choice? And why would one choose one or the other? Uh, I don't know about <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll answer something that, Rabbi Miller always used to answer, he says, um, those, are, those are more like, from, uh, those are from more esoteric ideas. I, I'm, not familiar, right. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, he would say, if the Gemara doesn't talk about it, I'm not going to answer it. I, I can't even say uh -huh. if the Gemara doesn't talk about it, because I don't know the Gemara's like he knew. But, but be that as it may, I, I'm not familiar. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Right, I right. I don't know. But Mitzvah uh, Shem shouldn't need either of them. Shouldn't need Amen. Them. Amen. We should all fulfill what we need to fulfill in this world. Correct. Amen. Amen. Okay. Very good. Have an amazing Shreve day. Okay. Amen. Oh, David. Yeah. He's following the law. Very good. You keep. You he's, keep he's the. He's the doctor his parents always wanted him to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. See you tomorrow. Thanks, Ravi. Bye, Mayor.
Bye, David.